the final uh, Minnesota football days of the Women's World Cup. Uh, we are recapping the last uh, the semifinals as well as the final round, uh, the third place and final. Um, I know everything wrapped up a few days ago, but uh, yeah, we're just, we wanted to take some time and, and get our thoughts together. And we have the, re- the whole crew here today. Uh, MJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I just got to spend some time with some dogs and some cats that I'm going to be sitting over Labor Day weekend. So despite all the crazy soccer stuff that's going on, I'm, I'm in a good space. Awesome. Uh, we have ring camera Bridget again. <laughs> How are you doing, Bridget? <laughs> I swear I updated my computer today and uh, this is what we get. Um, yeah, I'm good. I hey. am Maybe and just, yeah, just ask your neighbor to update his eye ring, his <laughs> ring camera, and then maybe that that'll help you. Uh, those are the Delta tones of Rod- can't, Okay, at Go least ahead. you can't see my fogged up glasses right now through the uh, through the ring. Yeah, camera, so those are the Delta tones of Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. How you doing, buddy? Um, middle school is kicking my butt. I'll tell you that much. But like three I'm days. enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it's been three days? It's been like a week. Okay, it's already a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, and uh, we have Nubia as well. How's it going, Nubia? It's good. It's been a very long week. It's only Wednesday. Um, just because it's there's just been a lot going on, um, with work and juggling the children because, you know, everyone knows it is high school soccer season or high school sports. So, um, juggling children with games and scrimmages and oh working at the state fair because the state fair starts tomorrow right so that's the other thing we're navigating yeah it's fun times out here very cool very cool and then finally man with the heart out eric silver brenneman how you doing buddy hey hello, hello. you're here nice everybody i am here i made it yeah um it's been extremely warm in the twin cities and now i have a direct reference point where people are like hey what's it like to be on the equator i'm like yesterday yesterday (laughs) tuesday when you walk outside it felt like hey i'm like wow i didn't think i didn't think that would ever happen and now everybody knows but it's like that every day in (laughs) history god bless global warming right you know end of the world yes all right well, let's jump in. Uh, so we're going to start with the semifinals. Um, this is back from about eight days ago now. Uh, Spain 2, Sweden 1. Um, who wants to start? Who has thoughts on Spain and, and Sweden? This was a, a – Sweden looked very much outclassed in this game, unfortunately. And I think that is kind of the, the theme of Spain for the rest of the, the rest of the tournament. So who wants to kick, it off, kick us off? It's been a long time. I can really Rodrigo was grumpy pants. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he was. Spain won. However, just, I mean, you kind of said it in the beginning, Spain just was taking it to Sweden and Sweden just didn't, couldn't find an answer um, at all to, to the, to the, the triangles that you could very clearly see on the screen that Spain was putting together. Um, I'm going to complain again because Alexia didn't start, but it sounds like they're just it sounds like there's two potential things going on, which I'm sure one of them we'll talk about later, but um, primarily it sounds like she's injured or they're just being a little bit more precautious because she just came back from an ACL tear in April. Um, however, you could very clearly see how much the energy changed the minute that she stepped on the pitch. So um, yeah, Sweden was just outmatched 
um, in this particular game. They just didn't have any sort of offensive movement, um, at least that you could see. I don't know if they just, um, by the time that this part of the tournament hit, they didn't think they were going to make it this far. So their, their conditioning might not have been as good as it should have been, but they just looked, they looked flat and they looked exhausted. We'll mention this again, I'm sure, but it was very different to see Sweden under the Spain press as opposed to, which was well chosen when they chose to use it and well orchestrated and done as a full team, unlike Sweden playing against the United States press. It was very, very different. Uh, it was just, they did this much more as a collective. The, the whole team pressed around the ball and took passes away. And Sweden had a hard time dealing with that. Um, the other thing that I remember about this game was it was nil-nil for a long time until the 80th something minute. 81st. And then, just, and then just all three goals in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I'll say the um, because I think this was like this was like the super early game because I remember I woke up um, you know probably around the seventy fifth minute I was like oh it's zero zero so you must be keeping it with them and it was like well they're they're keeping them at bay but just barely and then yeah pretty much almost immediately Spain scores and then Sweden just gets a Rebecca Blomqvist gets a just a, a, a like really good you know really good opportunity and, and converts um, and then. Uh, yeah, less than a minute later, um, Olga Carmona scores for Spain. Spain had two shots on, I mean, they had 13 shots total, only two on target, and they both went in. Um, Sweden only had six shots. Uh, three of those were on target, of course, but um, XG in this one definitely favored Spain. They did. They were definitely the team that was being um, the aggressor in this one. Would you all wager that there are more Bloomquists in Minnesota than Sweden? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> probably probably not probably not this particular spelling of Bloomquist. Um but uh but yeah. Oh with with <laughs> yeah, the U that looks like a V yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. yeah. I mean I mean I would put more stock that they live in Bloomington, but that was just you know That is terrible. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? we don't have the we don't have the loser game show sound. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Bridget. Yeah, this was um I didn't get up for this one either but i you know i got the goal notification on my phone woke up to to the one goal and thought okay that's about how i i expected it and then they kept coming (laughs) um yeah I, i expected it to be a little bit more even or you know at least maybe a little stronger through like the first half and and not just this crazy last 10 minutes but um yeah really it was really interesting game to kind of end that stage on because it was just so lopsided yeah uh well let's move on then uh we'll talk obviously talk about spain Spain in a little bit here uh to the game that i think all of us were most excited for was australia england um unfortunately australia could not pull it off um, in spite of a sam kerr wonder goal um, they lose uh, three to one to England. Um, who has thoughts on this one? I, this one, I actually, I went to, went to the black art, watch this one. Uh, this is her first start too, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. She came on the, yeah. in the halftime in the, in the quarter, uh, quarterfinal game. Correct. Right. So yeah, yeah. She start started with the, I think she went the distance. Um, 
And that that goal was, I mean, was there's been there's been some amazing goals in this tournament. Um, just absolutely, just world world class goals. And that one may maybe up there, maybe maybe the 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 best goal of the tournament. So well, it was a goal of narrative too. She's carrying the entire host nation on her back, and when that ball is is kicked, it's like it's with the power of the entire host nation. Sadly, yeah. it didn't get a hold, but you know, for a solid whatever it was, 10, 15 minutes that was that wasn't just a sam kerr goal that was like the entire nation of australia's goal yeah uh, unfortunately about eight minutes <laughs> yeah because uh, that was the equalizer um uh canceling out ella Toon's goal um who's starting in place of uh lauren james who is suspended for this match as well uh all right who else who else has any thoughts on australia england I mean, let's talk about the attendance and just the right. magnitude that this game actually had its impact in Australia. I think from, um, you know, there have been reports. We, we've talked about how, like, um, federations need to invest money. Um, um, you know, Colombia has, 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 has made a statement that they're willing to spend, you know, invest $2 million into the Women's Federation. Which is they, great they made it hear. seem much more dramatic, though. Eight, yeah, I mean, believe us or whatever. It's, it seems <laughs> more dramatic, but when you do the math, it's just two million dollars. Which I hope it doesn't include, like you know, the purse that they won right now, right? And it'd be, but who knows how much? Uh, I haven't, I haven't read enough to be able to see how much each team makes, it takes, and how much each player should be getting. But I, I think, I think that's one of the things that you can take from this World Cup is just the fact that, um, it's. It's becoming undeniable in that sense, right? Uh, even though um, you know FIFA still believes is, is still asking for more proof that the women's game, you know, can be comparable to the women to the, to the men's game in the sense of uh, marketability and and making money. And I, all I gotta say is, you know, just look at this game and look at the people in the stadium, and 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 look at the fact that you know. Um, I think Australia might have made it. Someone should look it up. I'll look it up later. But Australia has made a commitment to the women's game and created, you know, um, more so now than ever. Um, and I think it's just it's the right time. We 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 we've seen federations who were dominant for the past 10, 10 plus years have uh, a lack of uh, a lack of. Um, success in this world cup and then the the other other nations that are beginning to become more um more seen and and be able to create create better results than others and i think that's that's a testament of how they how the game is being raised but also as a testament of how like people are beginning to pay attention and people beginning to watch i mean i don't even know what some of the numbers i don't know what the numbers of attendance was for this game or or even watch but i'm sure it was in the millions of people that were watching this game so i think it was in the hundreds of millions yeah yeah the, the broadcast was like 40 percent of the australia population and, and the attendance was seventy-five thousand seven hundred eighty-four, according to FOTMOB. And, so. and the number for investment you're looking for is i can't confirm if it was australian dollars or u.s dollars but it was 200 million So yeah, um, that's yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Rodrigo. No, I was just gonna say that's probably much higher than the eight billion uh yeah, exactly. currency. Then <laughs> so, but yeah, but no, I I think that's that's one thing too. It's just is is like the impact of the game now, 
Um, we're looking to see, you know, we've, we, we haven't heard crap from Argentina, which we probably never will. Um, we've, we've seen the impact of, of Marta, right? I mean, I, I, I think in, in the aspect of, of Women's World Cup or Women's World Federations, um, I think we are sort of on a crossroads in a sense that we're seeing um, more demand um, for investment, but also more demand for, um, for equality as well as um, being able to be outspoken, right? Like, you know, the 99ers of the U.S. Women National Team as well as the, you know, the 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 goal the, the generation after that, that that are still fighting for for recognition and equality you know i've have have you know inspired other federations and group of, of women to be able to be you know um to be able to be outspoken and to demand things that 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 they believe it's it's, it's theirs to demand and i don't all, all support to them. We can talk more about towards the final about all the other stuff. Yeah, just, 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 just overall. I, feel, I feel like you're dropping yeah. some foreshadowing here. <laughs> yeah, I'll say the uh, that Sam Kerr goal, um, the XG on that one was 0. 0.03, which is the same XG as the Jan Grey Goose goal from this past Sunday from the Loons. So um, definitely not ones that should have gone in, but holy shit, was that a was that a strike? Anything else we want to talk about with Australia, England before we move on? Oh, then this I mean, game was really, yeah. This game was really it, fun. It was really good. I was going to say they look really resilient, yeah. like to to bounce back from that goal and just confuse the defense the way they did and, and, get, yeah. and get not one but two more back. I mean, they they look good. I mean, I, I think for me it's just like you know like um, this game like there were opportunities for Australia to get it back and and um, the lack of maybe. Um, having experience beat at this part of the stage of the game or in that type of competition. Cause this is, you know, you know, this is the first visit for them to be able to get into this, to, to this far into the tournament. It, it plays into that. But in addition, I think it's just, you, you couldn't put the ball away. You know, I remember like in the 80th, 80, 80, 85th minute when like there was a corner, right. And, and herbs can only punch it as far as Kerr and Kerr's under pressure. And then all of a sudden, you know, just, tries to kick it out of volley and a six yards out and just barely misses. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, that could have been in like, and, and that's, you know, that's the game of millimeters and inches and experience when it comes in. And, and I think that's, that's one of the things, but you know, the Matildas did had an amazing tournament. And I think, uh, I think their goal of, of, of raising awareness of, of the talent that this country has in, in this game is, is, is being noticed and being talked about all over the country. So I was really excited just to see all the people that played for Australia that performed well, not just Sam Kerr. And I'm talking about, yes, I know who Caitlin Ford is. I didn't realize she had a serious foot injury and had to come back, you know, that she had in 2018. She barely made the 2019 World Cup. Uh, but other than Ford and Kerr, you know, I really didn't know who, you know, Katrina Lee Gorey was. Um, I didn't know who their, their defender, uh, Ellie Carpenter, I believe is her name. Like, it was fun to watch them. It was fun to get to know their squad. I just have to, again, this is my going mantra. So many of these players um, on the Australian team have or have, have or do play in the NWSL. So, like, Ellie Carpenter played for Portland for a while. 
um, Caitlin Ford plays, right? So like all of the, a lot, Sam Kerr, how long did she play in Chicago before she was too good to be in Chicago and she's now in Europe? So I think that if anything, this showcases the fact that a lot of these players were almost hidden sleepers because they play this way with their club teams. And those of us who watch NWSL on a pretty consistent manner have seen um, what these women can do on the field and how amazing they are. And just seeing that they are able to push that forward when they play for their, um, for their country is um, just unreal. So, so I think if anything, you like watching these players, you need to, watch nwsl friday saturday sunday when it's on yeah for sure and then yeah i would say if you um if you enjoyed watching this yeah the nwsl um for all the you know all the european based players the wsl the i believe peacock has the rights to that so they do show one or two games a weekend um you know the, it, it's not as great as you know the as the premier league in terms of access to matches but they do highlight at least one or two matches every weekend to watch so definitely check those out when um when WSL is back now and, and been kept, kept going, uh, WSL, I think, is back in a couple weekends, MJ, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's in like two weeks, something like that. So, uh, all right, well, let's move on. Let's get to the uh, the, the final round here. Um, I was not able to watch this game because I was dragging children to the airport and then being on a jet plane. Uh, Sweden 2, Australia 0. Um, MJ, why don't you kick us off here? Sorry, no, no, MJ. Did anybody catch this game? Um, I didn't watch the match. I saw the highlights. But the one thing okay. I want to point out is the consistency with Sweden. Uh, they love third place. <laughs> they love bronze medals. Um, 1991, 2011, 2019, and now 2023, all coming in third place. And, they, and then should be mentioned in between there in uh, 2003, they were in the final and lost the final in some in some places that's considered a great success exactly no it's 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 not a bad thing it's just you know at, maybe at some point having that experience much like uh england that we're going to talk about in a second will will kind of start to pay off because i'm sure they have a hunger of you know getting more than third but it is kind of interesting to just look at the history and be like damn Y'all really like landing number three. <laughs> I, I want to add to that, though, Eric, the last two Olympics or two out of the three last Olympics, they took silver medals. And oh, unlike, unlike the men's tournament in the Olympics, where it's a U23 plus three veterans, you can bring your full women's roster, senior women's roster to those Olympic Games. And it doesn't qu quite have the depth of the same number of teams as a Women's World Cup, especially now yeah. that it's 32 teams. But I think for whatever reason, Sweden has performed better at the Olympics um, and has taken second place, gotten to the finals there. But come World Cup, they have finished third place so many times. In this game, it looked like both teams were more tired than Zeller after the Minnesota football days. Um, they, they were just gassed. Nice and one. Sweden, whether it was their style of play that works better when you're tired, or they just played better tired, but they dominated the game. Yeah. I do remember that. Uh, this was, I mean, every once in a while you see that high advantage, and it just seemed like for whatever reason, 
Australia was having a really hard time dealing with the 5'11", six foot, whatever blondes all around them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Anybody else? Or we can we can get to the uh, that cursed final. To the cursed final. Let's get to the cursed final. All right. Uh, so Sunday, Spain beat England one to nothing, winning their first ever um, major women's trophy um, and first ever World Cup uh, trophy as well. Um, England it is not coming home. It's never coming home, England. I'm sorry, hate to say it, but it's never coming home. You, you, you love to say it. I do love to say it. It's never coming <laughs> home. You have the best manager. You have the best. Uh, manager in the world in Serena Vigman, and it's definitely not coming home. So yeah. um, just give I, up I, at this point. I think the Minnesota football show might have tweeted out um, just to remind Dom Dwyer that it's not coming home. So. <laughs> yeah. Might have, might have tweeted out. <laughs> Can so, confirm. And that <laughs> his ex, and that his ex-wife had it come home, and he, yes. and England did not. Hey-o. <laughs> with the singer. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, this game, this was another one where it's just a, a Spain masterclass in um, just controlling the match, um, taking England out of their game, um, putting England in in tight spots. And but for Mary Earps, um, this game probably would have been, you know, three or four to nothing for Spain. Uh, she stood on her head and was absolutely amazing. Um, who else? Anybody else? Um, I'm sure. Uh, who else wants to talk? MJ? Looks like you're unmuted. So. Listen, uh. I love the way Spain plays. You can say a lot of bad things about the Federation, about the coach, about a lot of controversy. We we'll get there. And, and, and we'll get there. But I think, and I apologize to Rodrigo because there are good reasons not to like Spain and not to want to see them win. But the way that they play is muy bonita. Um, and it's fun to watch. And um, I said the same thing when the men play that way with how technical they were and playing the tiki-taka and winning those two euros in a world cup in their run and it's fun watching the women play in that similar style of one touch football knowing where the channels are knowing where to run next having good technical skill on the ball it's fun to watch and to couple that with a very suffocating press on defense that allows them to win the ball back in the attacking third not a lot of teams can do this they can and i'm really happy for the players yeah i agree with that it's it's very nostalgic for those of us that were attached to the guardiola barcelona days from like 2005 to nine or whatever it was i mean it's very reminiscent and just you know for for that those four or five years there was just no other team that could deal with them <laughs> and that the precision yeah. and, and the talent and look, you see, you see glimmers of it. it it's similar, but not different. Cause I, I want to give full credit to the women. Cause they're kind of bringing their own edge to it as well. Go ahead. I, I, I think, I think like, I think Nubia can, can, can think about this is like, they, they didn't win because of the Federation. They won in spite of the Federation. Yes. Okay, stop taking my lines. Those are my <laughs> and, and to, and to correct your Get statement, him. to correct your statement, the team won in spite of their coach. That too. And their federation. Yep. Not yes. because of them. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we need to know, we need to kind of point out, there are nine players on the roster that play for Barcelona. 
Woot, woot. And this is 10 years of work. Yes. So for all of the things that the Spanish Federation has fucked up, this was the one thing they did right, which is invest in their youth teams. So this is 10 years of work that that federation has done investing in the women's game. And, and, they, and the players talked about it, right? Like we watched the Spanish language, well, I watched. I say I, because I woke up like in the 50th minute because I ignored my alarm. Um, <laughs> But, you know, they, they, they talked about it in their, in their post-game interviews, right? That, that this was for all of the girls, for all of the years, for their parents who had to drive all over Spain to find a league for them to play in because they were that passionate about playing for the game. Um, that they ended up having to play in boys' games, being turned away from boys' clubs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so if anything, yes. I agree with MJ that it is, it was a beautiful way to watch them play, but this is the culmination of a lot of work. Um, yes, that the Federation did. Maybe they need to do that on the men's side too, because apparently the formula worked really well on the women's side and not on the men's side. Um, but this was a culmination of a lot of work, a culmination of a lot of struggle by these women um, to put up with the crap that they have from their Federation. Um, and um, you know, Barcelona investing in losing almost half their roster to the Spanish national team. Uh, I was correction, point out. correction to continue to put up with the, the Federation shenanigans. Oh, yeah. And not not because it has to stop and it won't stop until yeah. that. But I, I think I think the, the, the thing about this is like we also have, you know, we're, we're talking about a Spanish a Spanish women's federation team where like there literally was a mutiny not too long ago and players did not want to want to come back to play. Um, there were still, there were still what a handful of players that actually weren't called up from that. Group? At yeah. least five. Well, At least five. players. Yeah. The, the, there were 15 that wrote letters. 12 did not make this trip. Three said, I don't want to miss this world cup and I will come, come in protest. And right. then who playing the, I want to score goals and I want to play and I'm injured, but like, I'm going to support the 15 and I'm not going to be happy about it. But, you know, she was, I don't, I would never accuse Pateas of saying like, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too, but she's not one of those that wrote the letters. She just, it publicly endorsed the 15. And I, I'm sure Nubia has thoughts on, on this, but you know, she probably endorsed the 15, but like she was, not one of the three that wrote the letters and came along. She came along too. Um, and I would like to say, imagine you're a Spanish player or imagine you live in Spain. Like, don't you want to cheer for these players? Don't you, um, if you're a Spanish player, to pass up a, a World Cup would be very, very difficult regardless of the circumstances. And this is, kind of why you need a union or kind of why solidarity matters you know if all 30 players were in on this there it would be different but it was 15 you know and uh, so i guess I, i've said enough about that issue but I, I i think the way these players have dealt with all that turmoil controversy is is on top of what they've had to deal with on the pitch is absolutely incredible. I just want to make one quick point to what Nubia was saying about we're going to trash the Federation. We know we are, but talking about building and investing in these players, 
Spain currently holds the U-17 trophy, the U-20 trophy, and now the Women's World Cup trophy. Three trophies in the span of, what, Nubia, a year and a half, two years? Yes, yes. And one of the players who was in all of those matches is... Parayuelo. Yep. Yes, correct. One of the youngest players on this team. Yes. Yeah, one of the youngest players on this team. 19 years old, yeah. three enormous international trophies. I mean, teens these days. Uh, I FC, mean, this FC, is FC Barcelona player. <laughs> this is uh, this is what you get from a team that has had to play for each other, with each other, through all of this BS for yeah. so long. These, I mean, they come up together. They came through. They went through all of the struggles together outside of the Federation BS. They went through all the stuff together with the Federation BS. And then they continue on um, and go through all of the BS that happened at the World Cup and scored and won. England has seen some of that stuff, like individually, a little bit here and there. But they don't have the the history and like the squad the squad history like Spain does I mean and with nine players almost an entire team that plays for one club team (laughs) like it's you know it's a lot different than you know all these players who play in NWSL it's a small league you see all the same people and you know eventually you filter through all the teams but um all playing for Barca is a whole different thing but um, in terms of, you know, 15 uh, and some, you know, choosing to go, it's not all it's not all that much different from what we we're talking about with Qatar and, you know, go because of human rights issues. Um, it's some people make a choice for themselves. Some people make a choice for other people. Some people make a choice for, you know, maybe the bigger picture which for some was you know succeeding and potentially bringing home um a world cup for their nation and for some it was not going and not competing for said world cup for the nation um so to kind of similar situation very different situations but similar in terms of circumstances and um yeah i mean you can't you can't knock the players who wanted to go and have their moment after all that they've worked through, right? And in spite of, you know, yeah, because because the the coaches and the federation gets to move on with their lives, whether the players go and win a cup or not. So right, yeah. well, one well, and I I still think that even the there were what three players I think that were actually called up that were the original fifteen. I still think that they had. I think. Um, Puteas had a little bit of a, um, for being a little bit more vocal, I feel like she was punished a little bit with the lack of playing time. Um, I think that some of the other players just got lucky that they were better than some of the other players they pulled up for the positions that they played or that they were put in for the, for the national team. Um, at, but, but Bridget's right. Like at some point you make it, you may, you have to make a choice and, it's not a great choice, um, but it does give them a different platform and some um, ability to, you know, maybe shine a brighter light on some of the stuff that 
um, that they've been having to navigate at this point, right? Without a union, with the crap that they're getting from the Federation, um, because the people that are talking for them are all outside of Spain. Um, I don't know if any of you all saw this, but I'm sure we'll get to this at some point, but um, CIFPRO put out a statement about the shenanigans that the Spanish Federation president did at the award ceremony. So, yeah, know. let's let, let's let's hold let's hold off on that for a second. I was just wanted. Is there anybody else from this game or, or anything moments from the game that we want to highlight? And I think we should definitely should jump into the, I, the aftermath of of what happened uh, during the trophy ceremony. And the, the fucking bullshit is that that ceremony takes so goddamn long to, to actually happen. Um, I just want to tell you. Goalkeepers Union, I gotta stick together. Mary Earp yep. played a hell of a, a hell of a tournament. We'll get to her later. Yeah, and um, and I think, but I mean, even specifically in this game, I mean, yes. she saves that penalty from Hermoso. Hermoso, uh, she um, there's three or four other great opportunities that Spain has that that she takes away. And like I said early on, but for her, this game this game was a runaway victory for Spain. So. Yeah. Um, anybody else we want to quickly shout out and then we can because I, I want i want eric i want eric to, to vent his uh his feelings <laughs> on it before he has to bail too so yeah no, no i mean I, we, I just, we can talk about the match too i was gonna say yeah. the one goal is worth mentioning it was a spectacular goal. that was a beautiful goal a low ball yeah. like that like we were exactly. talking about this in this house that is so hard to keep it low like that yep. it is it is it, it requires a lot of modern skill to be able like like six yards sure i'll give that to you Anytime, but that was like outside the box almost. That's just, you know, that's almost like messy, like in a sense, right? To be able to have mm-hmm. that much control on a on a ball to be able to do that and just hit it one time, amazing. I think for me in this game, like Jenny, Jenny Hermoso, if not the MVP in in this in this freaking tournament for for uh, for Spain, I I I don't get it. I mean, I I just don't understand. I mean, I mean yeah. that was a heart and soul of this team and carried it and on her back and just demonstrated through everything that uh, physical ailments and all the stuff that they had to go through, the, the tenacity that they had. Um, and let's just think about this, right? This is, this is, this is a Spanish team who are beginning of the group stage. Didn't look this confident that got rocked by, I believe Japan was a four, nothing or five, nothing or nil. Yeah. Right. And then it wasn't until after that, that they were like, Oh yeah, better start playing. And then that's when they started to show up, but it took them a bit to be able to to do that. And I think that's that's one of the things about a tournament is like it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And if in the tournament you're able to figure out what you're what you are really good at, and as we talked as MJ talked about the Spanish press on that four three three to take away the spaces and the lanes and press uh, as as a, as a zone pressing, I think you know that disrupts any team that that's trying to trying to build in the middle and i think um you know that 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 was that was key in this in this game you could totally see that it was it was it was a great final i'm not gonna lie to you both teams played their heart out this is what you want to see on a final um you know like i you know everyone knows i hate spain but i um but in the sense i cannot be upset with uh the talent of the women and the and the and the perseverance of them through this past, you know, cycle, 10 years, whatever you want to refer to it as working hard. I, I can't be mad at, at, at that. And, uh, you know, and, and for England, you know, I, you know, you know, I always remember the Falklands. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, um, I, I, I watched it on replay. I, I knew the score. I caught the last few minutes of it live. 
Um, but then I went back and watched the entire thing on replay hours later after reading stuff about it. It was still just as much fun to watch as a neutral, just watching the entire game, um, which normally I don't bother watching games on replay because often you're not you're not missing all that much once you know mm-hmm. the score and maybe catch a few goal highlights. But um, it was still really fun to watch, and I would just agree with everything else that uh goalkeeper stood on her head and, and kept them in it and uh I think one of the tweets I woke up to was um a video on the PK of uh when she shouts and the in the tweet it said she says nope and Anthony DeChico retweets it and was like that is not what she said I was like that is not what she said definitely not <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say two things. Um, I'm stealing this from Raja Men and Blazers, but Olga is an anagram, guys, for what? Goal. There it Goal. is. Good job. <laughs> um, and number two, I could not believe how Spain made England look so slow. And maybe that's fatigue setting in with the English team, but it it just looked like grade school kids against like college kids out there in terms of precision, in terms of speed, in terms of just ball control. And I mean, I mean, it, I did not expect that. It was very surprising. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Eric. I was really surprised to see how flat England looked, um, especially knowing the kind of defenders that they have, right? Billy Bright, come on. Like I was really surprised at how terrible they looked and how much, how little offense they were really able to make, right? Like you, when you have Rachel Daly, who knows how to score goals up at the top and she's been scoring all this tournament and you able to neutralize her, like um, that I think is, is just bananas. Um, I kind of going back to Olga um, and I don't know if we're going to have another chance to really talk about it. So I'm just going to bring it up here. So our goal scorer for Spain um, Rose, she, her goal was, um, an homage to a, her, her friends, her friend's mom who had just passed away. What she didn't know during the world cup is that her dad died during the tournament. And she was, Shit. she found that out post tournament. Yeah. Incredible yeah. yeah. Um, and so she talks, she talked about, um, I think because they think Spain left right, right after the award ceremony to fly back to Spain. Um, but she talked about how that day was the best and the worst day of her life um, coming, you know, being able being on that high and then having to deal with finding out about the death of her father. Um, and so again, just shows you kind of the resiliency that, that some of these women have had to navigate and deal with um, while tr- playing a game that is the world's game that we all love. Yeah. Insert, insert football is life. <laughs> I want to just with that Olga Kamona reference, go to that she scored the winner against Sweden that was outside the 18 yard box and a, and a curling banger and then scores the winner in, in, in this game. Sadly, she plays for Real Madrid and not Barcelona, <laughs> but, but I mean, she can't be all perfect. <laughs> yeah. But going back to the nine players on Barcelona that Nubia mentioned, I want to bring up, there are two players on the England team that play for Barcelona, Lucy Bronze, one of the better fullbacks four years ago dominated Megan Rapino, um, and was the reason why 
uh, Jill Ellis had to put in Kristen Press. Uh, this World Cup cycle, not as dominant, but still a really, really solid fullback. And then midfielder Kara Walsh also plays for Barcelona. I was hoping not to mention MJ Anon on this podcast, but MJ Anon going on about Lucy Bronze trying to dribble through three people is what led to the Carmona goal in this game. And here Walsh commits a foul on the box that led to Jenny Hermosa's penalty kick. And so MJ Anon is wondering, did they forget which team they were playing for? Did they see so many Barcelona teammates? And so there's a whole other conspiracy. I won't go into it all. There are diagrams. Like I like this one. I, I apologize yeah. to Lucy Bronze and Kier Walsh. I'm sure many of the British-based MGNons are sending you hate mail right now. It's not your fault. So, yeah. so many of them. Yeah. Um, I can't we'll, I can't we'll wait know. for the MGNon infographics so we can just make a presentation <laughs> and Google slide out of it, you know? Okay, yes. Stop. I will Negative. I will note Negative. I will note in terms of Lucy. Runs. She is also recovering from an injury. She had the ACL tear like not Shit. even a year ago. Yes. So it was kind of a surprise that she was able to come back for this World Cup cycle. So yeah, she she's not the same player she was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I there's definitely that, some confidence lost there. Yeah. I think her and Puteas went out right around the same time. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. it was. Yep. Yep. Which is okay. why I, I, my conspiracy theory is that Alexia was being punished for her, her being vocal against the Federation, even though she wasn't one of the ones that wrote the letter. All right. Uh, well, final thing. A good transition. Yeah. <laughs> I was final thing on this match. Um, I just want to point out that uh, uh, Tori Penso, an American referee, uh, so the first time an American referee ha- or American uh, woman has refereed the final because the U.S. is always in it. So, um, you know, you don't get a chance to referee when it's your, your uh, it, home country. Wasn't it an all U.S. ref um, I I'm not 100% all sure. Guy, mostly? All but one. I think the fourth yeah. official was Japanese. Yeah. Right? And the other, so. but, but everyone else was. So, yeah, so that's that's just a super cool thing um, that, you know, finally, American finally gets a chance to. Uh, American won a medal um, in the tournament, you know, it's, it's just not the way we wanted it to. So, all right, let's, let's, now let's get over and to the. We to all the... agree Tori is better than her brother, Chris, right? <laughs> yes, that is goes without saying, MJ. Um, let's get over, let's get over to the, to the aftermath. I, I, I had to turn the match off because we were uh, in New York City and we we're going out. I think we went to the, what the hell did we do on Sunday? Oh, I went to the Natural History Museum. So I didn't get a chance to watch the, the, uh, shit show that happened afterwards. So, can someone break it down for me? We, um, we can even start before that because it yeah, started but after they did not Olga. show. They did not show this on the replay. It like didn't. stops after like, <laughs> at the whistle. Yeah, I was but, like, come on. I mean, good good on so many people that you know everybody's got a camera in their pocket, so it was an inescapable moment that somebody would cover catch it. But yeah, when Carmona scores her goal, uh, the president of the federation rubiales does this crotch grab gesture or finger thing and like like there's your first moment and, and it, i mean we got them like like bridget's alluding to we got it a little bit out of order because they didn't start like bombing social media until everything was was done later so you know there there's there's number one right and right and none of us cool. are surprised by any of this and i i think i think what's so infuriating and frustrating is, is that they have this, uh, they have this, um, I'm, I'm struggling with the word right now, but it's a uh, lack of self-awareness and just an absolute 
you know, they, they, they feel like they can get away with it and do whatever they want. And, you know, we have this thing when we were dealing with the far right, when we talk about believe them when they tell you who they are, right? So here is a, a, a clear shot. It's not, it's not even that exactly they just, they, are. they just think that that's okay. Yeah, of it's course. called, it, let's just call it what it is. It is misogyny. Misogyny exactly. and patriarchy, yeah. absolutely. Misogyny and the patriarchy, correct. Yes. Yeah, it was gross. And, and then, yeah, so the second, waiting patiently. <laughs> the, the second one was the, the, another goal, or was it on the same? Because I didn't see it all on, I think they cut some of this from the replay later. Um, but he like rushes, uh, a player who is sitting on the bench, but she's like standing with the coaches, uh, and one of them like brushes her chest. That Jesus, that video that popped deep. up later too. I don't know yeah. when in the order that happened. Fucking awesome, Rodrigo. Yeah. All right, all right. No, so so I wanted to ask Eric the first visible offense because we don't even know if there were more prior that were not visible or caught on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you remember who the who the crotch grabbing was done in front of or next to? It was the queen, princess, somebody royal. Yeah, I the queen and the princess were yeah. right next. To it. And right. he decides to go ahead and grab his crotch, um, uh, probably trying to I don't know release his inner inner inner. I, I have no idea. Like it's just, just I don't I don't see that unless it's like some sort of Sunday league in. Um, you know, in England, Division 25, where meat pies are sold at every corner, you know, and I don't know. It's just something that you don't like for 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 a president of federation to do something like that literally I, is like, you know, I, I, I don't know. You I don't I don't know how else to describe it, but just offensive, foul, misogynistic, patriarchy, add- everything. I'm going to add, I agree on all those points, but just because so many people try to both sides these things, I'm just going to be devil's advocate real quick. We we consider this, so we like we wouldn't be talking about this probably if the Federation didn't have this history, right? Um, in the Olympics, Summer Olympics, swimming, women's swimming, a coach did the exact same thing when his swimmer won. And it got, it went viral as this funny celebration because he did that and then started dancing around and it was hilarious but he didn't have a history of you know being a misogynistic and uh kind of perverted asshole so um so it was just funny um you know men male coaches do this all the time when men score Jurgen Klopp every single game um you know it's but we do definitely look at it for, with the different lens. And I'm not saying it's okay when everyone else does it in every other situation. Maybe we should reconsider, you know, that as a celebration. But yeah. we, are, we are looking at this differently, partly because this federation and this team has a certain history that all these things kind of come through with this lens. And I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm just saying a little bit more context around the entire thing as yep. we dive into this. I'm just going to say that, look, as a coach sitting on the sideline being video videotaped, um, um, I don't show a lot of emotion. The most emotion I've ever been embarrassed to show him was last year when 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 Como Park won on a free kick in overtime for the Mayor's Cup. Um, and I was embarrassed by my reaction just because I 
put my hands up in the air. I don't, I don't, you know, if, if you do value the game and you do value what it means, you, you can't, you can't disrespect it in some sort of way that way. And I just feel that even though like um, other people might be doing it, it doesn't mean that, you know, a president should be acting that way because they in the end they represent no, the federation I, I in, the, in the end they represent represent spain and so i absolutely yeah. agree and like doing it when you're sitting right next to the the queen is absurd but like i it's just I, i'm not saying it's ever okay i'm just saying that there's like more context here like it's right there are, right, time, yeah. there are times when it's when we would be sitting here laughing about it and being like this well, dude I mean, in front of the queen like I mean, we laugh when Dane St. Clair did it. Exactly. After PK saved, exactly. Right? And now yeah. I have to yeah. teach my son that sometimes that's not an okay celebration to have right. when he is beating and- old hippos um, at football. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bridget makes, <laughs> brings up a really important point about context. And what we have here is a lot of examples of bad behavior. Some of them poor choices of like, well, the you know grabbing the jock thing you know that's you know amateur it's immature it's you know very aggro what have you silly we can give a lot of adjectives to it by itself not really thing but it's all about when you bring in the stronger words of abuse patriarchy misogyny it's all about power structures and it's the fact that these people in power that are brushing women's breasts, that are kissing women without consent, they're going to stay in power. It's about them staying in power and the fact that they will not be held responsible for these actions. I hope they will. But but it, it, it comes down to the fact that the these more egregious, more abusive beha- sets of behavior compound on who is in power and who lets them get away with this mm-hmm. yeah it's it's well, not so. being done ironically anymore or like maybe even at futsal we do it as a as a funny thing because we're out there screwing around anyway and that you know you do the dumb celebration that you saw on tv because you're out there emulating people anyway um but you know we're already seeing like pundits on various cable news channels of various persuasions who are saying well it's we hadn't even gotten to the the forced kiss yet but yeah one of the defenses of that was well they're a more expressive culture that that was his like that's yeah you don't understand that's a cultural thing there is a difference between between culture and assault and you know um expressing emotion i i have personal stories uh, of that but that we won't get into but (laughs) Go ahead, MJ. Again, I, I, I having someone that has traveled to Europe and specifically hanging around not English people, which I did do, English and Scottish people, but went around people in the Netherlands, Dutch and French people, <laughs> is common to greet someone rather than with a handshake with a very light kiss on both cheeks. A light, very on light kiss. <laughs> On yeah. both we, sheets. we we do it in and, South America too. It's and and um, that's people and people the, aren't that surprised by that. It's but other you see things this that in the Dutch culture surprising. and the French culture all the time, and it maybe is in the Spanish culture. That is not what the fuck happened. It's true. It, it is not. It is not. 
like and I, and I think in in relation to what MJ was saying about the power and the power dynamics within it is like right away um after the president said you know you don't understand it's part of our culture whatever or not uh Hermoso said it's like yeah we would just feel very excited but after she had time to reflect or at least step away from the situation wait 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 wait, wait. we're not even there yet hold your horses okay <laughs> fine take over then okay so long story short you know the stupid Spanish Federation president did what he did after the goal scoring and during the award ceremony. Um, it was very, I was, so as I was watching, I was, it was actually um, the minute that the Spanish women were coming up to receive their medals. Um, it was, it, it started to make me a little uncomfortable actually from the beginning to watch his interactions with them because he was overly touchy and overly kissy and overly whatever. Um, and then obviously Jenny Hermoso came up and he basically full on planted her with a kiss right on, right on the lips. Like she cut completely caught her off guard. Um, and obviously when she was asked about it, post-match post award ceremony, um, she hadn't had time to digest it. Um, and quite frankly, <laughs> and he was probably standing like 20 feet. Away. I was going to say, I was yes. like, it's also like, it's a natural, unfortunately, defense mechanism. Right. For, for, for us to be like, oh no, he didn't really mean it. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Right. Like that's your immediate reaction because you know, that exactly. the minute that you actually say what you, what you feel that there's going to be some sort of consequences. Yeah. You, you wait um, until you check out of that hotel and you get on the plane and you're almost correct. home. And then you say how you feel about that. And we also right. know this far out now, yep. too, that the Federation contacted her family and was like, by the way, you need to back us up on this. I don't know if you guys heard about that. That I did not hear. Yes. That, I did that, not hear. that it does not surprise yeah. me. And they, they contacted her family. And then when he did the apology video, which I'm putting in air quotes here because, you know, we're apologizing. I'm sorry that you were offended or felt uncomfortable. But, um, he also like asked her to be part of the apology video that went out publicly because the po apology video obviously was more for his image and for the Federation than it was for her. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been a video. So he wanted her to appear in said video to be like, yeah, haha, he apologized. We're good. It was funny. Whatever. Right. Which, which again talks about that power dynamic, right? Exactly. And and I mean, I think after the incident happened, Jenny was asked, and she goes, "No, I didn't like it, right?" And she, and and then now that she's had she, time to step so, away from 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 the from the from the uh, area and from the federation and be able to meet with the people that support her is 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 now is now pretty much demanding other things, and I think. You know, there's, there's, and, it's, it's interesting how the Spanish media and, and Spanish folk are are, 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 are taking this on. Like, you know, you know, um, people are, are trying to, to at least make it seem that he's not, you know, that he is, his job is not secure, but, but we don't really know what, if anything, consequences are going to be taken by this action. Well, I mean, at this point, you have the prime minister and I believe the queen, also in the queen who was there and who yeah, saw all yeah. of this, um, yeah. demanding that he resign or do something well, other and, than and, like, and issue an apology. Thief, Embarrassment thief, is powerful. Thief Pro sent, put out a statement um, support making the endorsing this, the fact that he should resign 
Um, I guess the Sp- there is a Spanish player union, AFE. Um, who would have known? They're not very vocal, it sounds like. Um, whatever. It's probably his um, burner account. Probably. Um, I think that the, I think that the, the, the bottom line with all of this is like, yeah, the, the Spanish media is going to pick and choose what it, it chooses and, and the, and the, um, the narrative they're going to put about around it. But the fact of the matter is this next week is going to be yesterday's news. Yeah. And unless the Spanish Federation makes something happen quickly, this dude's going to remain in power. Nothing's going to happen to him as happens with so many issues that happen, not only just behaving badly, but this is, this is what happens unfortunately when, when folks are victimized, right? You get to see, you get to see your abuser walk stop free and not have any sort of consequences um, that would make it feel like your voice was being heard. Exactly. Can I ask you guys something? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the players at some point between, you know, that <clears throat> whatever it was, an hour delay between the ceremony like Dave was referring to, didn't they flip their jerseys too as a protest? Because I, I remember seeing at least one of them that had the uh, the school on the on the back. So at least a couple of them like flipped their Jenny jerseys. Jenny Hermosi and Alexia did. Okay, so they there traded, you go. They Which, traded with each other. <laughs> Which makes me, you know, who knows how much foresight was put into this, but it's like dialectically holding these two things where there's players protesting and you're the president of the federation. And you're like, I see your protest. Well, and there, and are, wanna, there were also and I, smaller, one up or something like that. There Go were ahead. also smaller things that were happening like throughout the tournament, right? Like there were pictures oh, yeah. where like the coach would come out and try to like high five his players and they would oh, walk yeah. right past Block. him. Yep. Yep. Not only that, but like you would also see um, the player huddle. He wasn't included in it. Right. He was off by himself talking with his coaching right. staff, and it was the players by themselves, right? And the, like, and the initial celebration was the coaches in a in a huddle and the players all in a huddle yeah, at like true. opposite ends of the pitch. Yeah. Yep. And like, and, and I've I seen mean, this yeah, it's like live this, and like teams doing that and i think nubia has too is where like we, when we i was referring to like the team one in spite of their coach it's exactly what it is and this is the thing we're talking about the president we haven't even talked about the a-hole of the coach right now i was, I was gonna yeah i was gonna say the the, the federation i'm kind of just looping them in together here yeah they're, the, yeah, they're yeah, bros uh, they're yeah, one I, the I agree i agree the, i i think that in this in this particular situation the federation left this guy in charge despite the complaints from those 15 players what was it two years ago yeah, um so least, so yeah. i think that they are basically one in the same and the coach was basically given free reign to do whatever the hell he exactly. wanted from the federation without any sort of consequences and, and there's and no so, like there's yeah. no like him i see your protest i'm gonna do this this is just like his daily thing like he just does this shit because after, he can yeah. and he's been allowed to do it for all this time after There's the no, tournament like, separation yeah after the tournament the federation tweeted out vilda in <clears throat> so uh, yeah just as a, as a so, fuck you to everybody um yeah, yeah you know, those players yeah so. Uh, I think we know where the federation lies on this one. So it's gross. uh, So it it goes back to whatever you guys are dropping all the right, you're you're saying all the right things, but I just, I think about that one particular moment when you actually have protests happening and that power dynamic still 
has to be pushed. You know what I'm saying? Like that's I mean that that's snapshot. That's what you're talking about. Be on a wiki page somewhere. Yeah. That in like 50 years, people will be like, why the hell? How long did this guy stay in power? Why haven't we heard these players' names before? Yeah. And I and I recognize everything you're saying about exactly that it's been built up for all this time, but like in those like five, six seconds, there's just the the power struggle there too that I can't let this be. And I'm gonna get yeah, it. And now we get to watch the the international media be like, you know, a, a year ago when they're like, why why would you not want to go to the World Cup and why wouldn't you want to deal with this and just go anyway? And now they're like, whoa, yes, let's talk about this. That let's has been a positive. I will CNN. say <laughs> that has been a positive. Yes. Well, except but except, except I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. It's only no, they're it's, just talking about not. a photo that went viral. No, That's all they're talking. It's right. About, it's so. it's it's nothing is going to happen at all whatsoever. I mean, it's it's like yes, great, we're talking about it and we're calling them out. But the fact of the matter is, is that at this point, both that president and that coach have job security. And they're going to remain with the Federation for the foreseeable future unless something drastic happens in the next 24 hours because we know how quickly the media cycle changes. Right. And so, and the, and the queen is also a younger woman who will be ignored just as easily as right. the dozens of yep. players who have does, come through yep. and said the same thing. Does, yep. does this remind you of a certain NWSL team in what? Chicago? What? No. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Situation what? that what? we might have seen before? What? Never. No, never, right? Oh. No, here's here's the thing. It's like I, I like that you guys are coming onto my side of hating Spain, um, um, just for you know the right reasons, uh, in the sense, right? Um, and um, I applaud you in your in your journey into realizing and, and coming into the dark side, um, but yeah, I, I I just I just we what what we are having a great discussion about is. Is, is something that unfortunately we don't have control over. Like the, the the Spanish Federation are going to do what they want to do until you know until they are able to I mean, fail in some as sort of with way. Every conversation we've ever right. had on this podcast. So. Yeah, exactly. That's true. It's true. <laughs> so facts. Well, screaming, well, I mean, screaming into like, the void. We're just, well, we're just. I mean, it, and, and again, this is just this is just a, a an example of the continuing colonialization and white supremacist thought that invades every single aspect of our lives sometimes. Mm -hmm. And let's just be real because that, Mm -hmm. that remember Spain, Spaniards do not think of themselves as, as, and they should not because they're European. They are on a whole different wavelength than those of us who were, who were conquered. And so I think that that's the other piece of all of this. We will, that is like a whole other separate podcast that we're going to have to have like 600 episodes for to be deep into. (laughs) <laughs> Got me in. All right, that that'll, that'll yeah. be a spinoff of the spinoff this week in racism. <laughs> oh my lord! Any anything um, else we want to we want to highlight from the game? Um, I know Eric uh, need to, needs to get out of here. So um, it was anything? it was just such a shitty way to go out, I and mean, when we should be celebrating and we should be feeling triumphant uh, for everything we've already previously talked and about. Yes, the and... numbers, the, the the success, whether it's financial or just or just interest and like i still can't believe oh i can but it's it's amazing how much this thing blew up in brazil even with brazil out early like the coverage was 
wall to wall. They were one of the first, it was through Brazilian media that I saw the kiss. It didn't come from anywhere in the US or Europe or Australia. It was through media, it was through the uh, Ninja Sports Ninja. Movie. They were on yeah. it. They were, yeah, they were on it right away. <laughs> so like it's it's done so many amazing <laughs> because they're like things. we told you about these guys yes yeah. <laughs> that's right they did centuries I, so ago we told it was, you. it was yeah <laughs> so it was just such a depressing sad shitty way to end yeah here's here's the here's the shittiest part eric um and everybody um we it gets first the, the, <laughs> spanish Fed, the spanish federation is so fucking bad we didn't we haven't even talked about johnny infantino's comments about oh exactly. george, about george being oh open i forgot that's how bad this is guys it's like we, we got, yeah. we're not even talking about johnny infantino wasn't the worst fucking person at the at the world cup <laughs> That's like that is like that blew my fucking mind. Honestly, I can't believe that. That, that is some great PR for Infantino. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, was, all the FIFA money is coming he was, right he on was the table only, for Spain. He was only in the news cycle for like ten whole hours that day. Yeah, then, 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 muchas yeah, gracias. I am I am not the worst today. <laughs> I feel uh, like I am slightly better. Yes. yes. All right. Well, God damn it. All things, all things being said, I mean, this was a shitty way for you know everything to end. But like, this was, I think, easily the best women, one of the best World Cups I've ever seen. Not just not not even just women's World Cups. It was one of the best World Cups I've ever seen. Um, The goals were amazing. That the the all the fears that you know people had about you know the dilution of of talent with thirty two teams were completely unfounded. Um, There was just narratives galore. There was the, the the penalties at the beginning of the tournament. Um, there was obviously the Germany, Brazil, U.S., Canada all going out relatively early. Like there was just there was just something for everybody in this tournament, whether no matter if you were cheering for right. a team in the tournament or worse, a complete yeah, neutral. Think, so I think it became I think it became a better tournament for neutrals towards the end. Usually yeah. it's usually yeah. it's the opposite, but I think more people got interested. And yeah, I, mean, I know I'd I'd bump into quite a few people who'd be like. What what happened in the game? Like I yeah. I was in bed. What were you doing yeah. in soccer? Like, yeah. Well, and I think I think ultimately that this World Cup was fantastic for the women's game. Yes. Because yeah. we were able to show that the U.S. and Germany and France aren't just the power the only powerhouses anymore. That everybody else is catching up, in spite. Of their federation <laughs> i actually think exactly. i actually think if anything Concacaf is going to have their hands full pushing at their federations because of all of the the first time Concacaf teams that made it past them yeah jamaica the jamaica, jamaica man haiti you know it was it was yes this was a this is like i said a, just all around a, a great tournament i think every i think every team had a had like an amazing story um at least one amazing story right nigeria and um uh yeah, jamaica with their seven morocco you know making it um yeah just absolutely Columbia, um, fantastic man. stuff colombia oh god yeah it was if if they need if they're only getting eight billion pesos that needs to be up to like 800 billion to get into exactly. like a solid 100 yes. million investment <laughs> yeah uh all right well this has been great um thanks every, this has been and this has been like one of the funnest parts of it is just ch- chatting with you guys all about this so absolutely. we got a little more t- stuff to talk about but it I know if Eric wants to leave, I just want to say, you know, thanks for thanks for pushing me to, to make sure that we did this again, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you. It, it, it's a whole lot of fun. And uh, I'll let you guys keep rolling. But I'm going to say buon noite. Ciao. All right. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Uh, all right. M- we're going by MJ's Google Doc. MJ actually put together an agenda for us, which is awesome. Thank you, MJ. 
Uh, appreciate it. I'll talk about some of the awards quickly. Um, the Fair Play Award went to Japan. Um, not surprising. No, if you if you don't know the reputation that Japan has about being very technical and very much watching their fouls or watching their yellow cards and red cards, like they are, I don't want to say they're overly nice. They're just very technical on the pitch and don't commit a lot of those silly things. And then like off the pitch, you know, there's always every Olympics, every like hockey tournament, every soccer tournament, there's like pictures of them, like cleaning up the locker room after, after, you know, they, they leave and it's, they're, they're always just so generous. It's part of their culture to leave a place better than they found it to not have beer bottles or water bottles or trash everywhere, um, dirty towels everywhere, but like, they just are very good stewards uh, when they travel. So hats off to them. I think they deserved it. Um, anyone else have anything to say about this award? Uh, I just wish that, you know, they just didn't win this award. They won it all, but that's just, that's just, that's yeah, just yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah. You, you and me both, Rodrigo, and it's a Korean. Yeah. That's very hard for me to say, but like <laughs> on the whole, like uh, colonial, um, imperial, side of things but like yeah. I, I explained in, the, in one of the previous pods like just how you and eric like when your team's eliminated you go in for the confederation you you all comable and and at some point when certain amount of teams get eliminated it's like no let's go asia and uh yeah uh they can say that they beat the world cup winners for nothing but uh <laughs> that that's that's what they can say yeah it's that's kind of like the time I when I was wrestling in high school, I beat uh, a kid who was wrestling up a few a few weight classes who then won the 103 pound at state. He was wrestling up at 125 because he hadn't cut weight yet. So I beat a state champion. But, you know, did I? We'll see. Uh, all right. Let's let's do the boots. Uh, golden boot. Speaking of Japan, uh, Miyazama Hinata, uh, five goals and one assist. The silver boot. Uh, it's Kadidatu uh, Diani. I'm probably butchering that French name. Uh, Diani, uh, four goals, three assists. And then the bronze boot, uh, Alexandra Pop from Germany with four goals and zero assists. So, um, yeah. What, what are the honorable mentions for you guys in that one that didn't make the, the list? Well, I mean, well, Linda, Linda Casado, um, obviously, yeah. <laughs> was uh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, so these this award is given total on stats. It's totally on goals or if there's a tie on goals, goals plus assists. Um, you know, I don't know how they decided amongst the other players that had four goals, but zero assists between uh, Jill Ward for the Netherlands and Amanda Illestet for Sweden. But like Amanda Illestet, like for me, we'll talk about her later, but it's just like scoring goals as a, as a defender often, yes, on set pieces. So she's forward to be there for the set pieces and she has height but what a great defender like she really shined in helping her goalkeeper and helping defend space as well as going forward yeah uh golden glove uh which i think is this i mean i think i don't know if you guys saw the league's cup trophy and how stupid looking that fucking thing is the golden glove is also probably the stupidest looking fucking trophy um goes to mary Earps of england um well deserved, I think. But uh, MJ, yeah. you have a case for the uh, no. Goalie. I 
I actually, sadly, I agree with MJ, and I think that so, the Swedish keeper was absolutely robbed because she stood on her head the whole tournament. So purely by the numbers, I showed the wrong graph. I showed the team save percentage graph, not the individual save percentage graph. Uh, Mary Earps had 85.7 save percentage. Uh, I want to make sure I get this right. Zachira Mushovich. Um, she had, instead of 85.7, at 84.6. So slightly worse save percentage. But I tell you what, she Mushovich had 22 saves to Earp's 16 saves. She had more saves. If you look at what pressure she was under, of the teams that she faced, and the goal scorers she had to go up against, it Mushovich was, was absolutely robbed, in my opinion. I don't disagree with you. I also think also, too, uh, Musevich also had her goalkeeper jersey available for purchase instead of Mary Earps. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with the numbers, right? But it, it does tend to go with the person who went the farthest in the tournament, which <laughs> which doesn't yeah. always, which isn't necessarily fair, but, um, you know just like how you don't want your goalkeeper to be man or woman of the match every single match that's kind of how they decide that trophy so um and yeah it's it really help that you can trophy. give it to i saw i saw her holding it in a photo and i was like what what did she win <laughs> like oh that is supposed to be a goal. I mean it wasn't as bad as the league's cup good lord that's true yeah yeah that yeah. was awful that looked that looks worse than than the mayor's cup trophy that the kids share back and forth for between Como and Humboldt. <laughs> the league's cup trophy, the league's cup trophy, literally looked like you went to like, what's that dollar dollar store and literally picked up like it's probably a fake they trophy, like a fake trophy, like it's like plastic, and we're like, oh shit, now we need a trophy. Somebody, yeah. Um. Uh, speaking of other trophies, the Golden Ball. Uh, this is for the uh, uh, basically the MVP of the tournament. Um, Aitana Bomadi from uh, Spain with uh, three goals and two assists. She wins the Golden Ball. I, I'm shaking heads here. So uh, Jenny Hermoso, silver no. ball with three goals and two assists, and then uh, MJ's Amanda Ilstedt from Sweden with four goals. No. Uh, please explain why Hermoso should have won this one. I love Aitana very much. Right again. FC Barcelona player, but Jenny Hermoso should have won that award. And I was actually really shocked when they announced her name because Jenny Hermoso was so much more impactful the entire tournament than Aitana was. And and granted, Aitana had some great, she she started some really great build-up plays, but Jenny Hermoso was really the impact player for Spain. And I and I think that that was a mistake. I also agree this is a mistake. Correct me if I'm wrong, those that know how most footballing stats are done, but usually the player who has scored goals and made assists in fewer minutes gets the nod ahead of the one that played more minutes with this concept that they were more efficient with their time. They scored more goals in fewer amount of time, so their goals per minutes is greater. I hate that, especially for a World Cup, because the World Cup is all about surviving and the fatigue and the pressure and so the fact that Hermos played more minutes than Atia Bomati and scored the same stats, three goals, two assists, should be more impressive because she should be more tired. 
Also, uh, she's 33 years old, and Beaumont is 25 years old. Like, this is possibly Hermoso's last World Cup. She's not good enough to play at Barcelona anymore. She's at Pachuca in Mexico. That's fine. But, like, just give it to Hermoso, for crying out loud. Stats in women's soccer are not going to be the way that you want them to be. <laughs> you know, just to, to put it simply. Wait, are you saying that I have to lower my standards? Yes. Yes. And, and uh, throw away all rational thought. <laughs> that's probably the more most important point is throwing away all rational thought. Um, yeah. That's exactly uh, what we do best in this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then finally, the best young player. We've talked about her a bunch already. 19-year-old uh, Sama Parayeo. Um, God, I'm butchering uh, my Spanish and French. R-U-A-L. Um, she obviously best, you know, as Eric mentioned, um, currently holding three world titles. Um, seems pretty damn good and a pretty damn good player. I'm guessing there's no arguments on on this one. I mean, I, mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think Sama was great, but I do think that that you know. Um, Lina Calcedo should have should have maybe shared this with her. Ah, um, ah. that's maybe. fair point. Fair point. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the parameters are for this. My guess is it's probably similar to the gold, you know, the, the Golden Gloves. It's the the youngest, the best young player who gets or who gets the farthest, right? And since Calcedo, um, they didn't make it out of the quarterfinals. Um, probably got dinged for that. Um, and uh, part of the scoring goals also, I'm sure, certainly helps um, in you know, in big, in the semifinals and things like that. So impactful goals. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, MJ, anything else you want to throw in here? I know this is, uh, you threw this together. So. No, I just, I think the awards as, as biased or as overly stats or underly stats as they are, are important. I think they're worthy of discussion. And I just want to say thanks to everyone for chiming in there. Two to five cents. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up with um, some U.S. women's national team um, sort of epilogue thoughts. We've had a few weeks now to sort of process um, everything that happened. Uh, we've seen Vlaco um, resign from uh, from his job. Um, down. Using the air quotes very liberally air there. Um, Many air quotes. Yes. Um, we saw, um, I don't know if you saw, I saw it, was it yesterday? Lindsay Horan came out and spoke um, about sort of how the team individuals let the team down and, and that the coaching was not up to, up to snuff, um, which is great when you say it afterwards. Well, but didn't, even... didn't they also let go of the general, the general manager? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Kate, yeah, Kate, Mark, well? uh, Kate, Kate, Margra Margraf, Margraf, um, Yep. Yep. She was, uh, but apparently she, according to, according to that, she said she was, she had, she had informed the, the uh, federation that she was going to be stepping down before the tournament. Again, sure. before the tournament. Convenient. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, it's, it'll be interesting. Is, is US... She was not popular. Margraf was not. It doesn't sound like it. Like yeah. she's not popular it, within, within the soccer federation or by the women players. Like... Yeah. It also sounds like the guy the guy they hired, and now I'm blanking on his name, um, to run it all is going to be running it much more differently than um, you know, what's his nuts, who's in Nether the Netherlands now, was doing it. He's going to have much more hands-on in terms of... Um, yeah, I think it was going to be like a complete overhaul on how, yeah. they, like, the entire system. So yeah, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if they hire somebody 
in sort of like the uh, Gucci Anyewu role, so like more of like, well, but a, a woman, a, a woman who's focused on the women's team. Where I, I think Gucci is going to be focused on the youth, the the, the male, you know, the, the the boys and 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 male, you know, male side of it. It wouldn't surprise me if they bring in somebody um, on the woman's side to do that as sort of a job, but, but not calling it the GM, like what Kate Margraff was being called. So, um, all right, who who else? Bridget, yeah, you you want to go? You give us your, some maybe parting thoughts on this tournament, where the U.S. women need to go. Obviously, we, if you want to speculate on potential coaches, we could do that too. Um, but yeah, just a few minutes uh, to talk about I this mean, stuff. We could, we could list plenty, but um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> is coming out now against against the coaching staff and other players kind of, you know, a, a little late. Maybe. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's like the, the Spanish players, right? Like you're not, you're not going to trash talk the coach on your way back when he is still the coach. Um, you wait until he's done and gone. Um, and that door is closed before you really yeah. talk about how maybe he was not great for everybody. Um, and I mean, we, we, I think we talked about it at some point. We, we saw something similar where, um, you know, she and some some other players were stepping up in the huddles, and and Vlaco wasn't, you know, wasn't in there with them, um, and I think he knew that too, and and kind of understood that like they were having their own conversations at times. Um, what, I'm sure he could say that that was the problem. Um, he could just as easily throw the players under the bus for for those performances, but um, you know we've we've already critiqued him a little bit, you know, asking players to, to play like someone else when they're like the player that you want on your, on your squad. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to have to be a lot different. And I think there's a lot more eyes on it now, um, which is a good, uh, they're not just going to find the, the easiest available coach uh, to replace them because they're in the spotlight. I think more and more people noticed um, that they crashed out early because the U.S. was essentially the marketing for this World Cup um, and Australia. Even if you look in advertising outside of the U.S., um, U.S. and Australia was the marketing. Um, so people are watching, and I think the wider sports world in the u.s is watching too and um i don't think it's going to be another Vlatko situation i think it'll be better um i've already seen some people talk about short memories though i've already seen some people be like bring jill ellis back we've gotten out of that abusive relationship we need to close that door but Here, here's but an people idea i've already been like no we see she did things right that's okay that was the whole problem though you ignore some things because she won and let's not but yeah. i mean with it's the best timing this time with the weird the way that the cycle is working out right now where we have the olympics in what 10 months um yeah. so they'll have to hit the ground running and i i think that's the best way to do it they're not going to have you know two years to stumble through and figure it out it's going to be you know make it work with what you have and and do the thing two so. two word two words bridget greg berhalter <laughs> 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 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, um, I was gonna uh, say Rodrigo... speaking speaking of guys who had you know years to figure something out and then did the nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, w- <laughs> I was gonna suggest Claudio Reyna, but maybe you know, um... Gio Savarese is available. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, Gio. No, no, we're, we're, no. Gio. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till Venezuela coaches the U.S. U.S. Women's National Team. I can't wait. I mean, that's just gonna be great. I I, I can't wait for the memes of uh, of a fallen of a fallen. Uh, the, the, the guy is used to toxic workplaces, so let's put it. You know, <laughs> totally. that's, yeah. does it's, have that experience. Get more toxic than Portland. Can't get more toxic than Portland. You're right. That he's got something. Hey, for... you're getting us. You're getting us off track. Next. <laughs> anyway. All right, Rodrigo. Do you or Nubia? Do you guys have? Uh, you guys have any? Uh, U.S. Women's National Team post. I always have thoughts. I know. I, I know you thoughts. do. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts because I watch. I watch more women's soccer than my husband, even though he thinks that he watches more than I do. Um. Um, I agree a lot with Bridget. I actually think that they might have trouble finding a decent coach, especially that's close to the Olympic cycle, because it is a high pressure situation. And sadly, U.S. soccer has shown that they don't have their shit together. Um, because I feel like there were red flags with Vlatko's tenure very, 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 very early on that U.S. soccer ignored. Um, so, so I'm going to be very curious to see how this goes in addition to how they remedy the issue of the sporting director um, or the general manager or whatever it is that they're going to do on the women's side, um, because ultimately they have larger problems that stem from the youth, um, the youth side. Um, Rodrigo and I actually have regular conversations about some of the younger players that are being pulled up and brought into the youth world cups, but play at a senior level, like Olivia Moultrie. Um, Olivia Moultrie would have made a lot of impact oh in her young life, right? Yep. If, if they would have, if she would have been brought up um, sooner, she would have been cultivated. If she would have been brought in with the senior her, team, the same and, way that Alyssa and, and Sophia oh, Smith. <laughs> so, correct. <laughs> right. Right, that Portland dynamic. Um, so, so I think that that there is just there's some really deep soul ser- soul searching that's going to happen with the youth teams that, and we're we're going to need to see that quickly um, because if they don't remedy this situation soon, it's going to be another crash out early situation at the Olympics. Yeah, there's Issa. She's saying hi. Say hi, Issa. <laughs> Um, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it can be something where like you bring in an interim person just to be the interim person and you let the players play. Like, I I think too much in the correct correct positions in the correct positions. Right. Right. They know they know what they need to do. Yeah. I mean, like Like, where she is supposed to be on the field. I mean, I saw I saw the flags, the red flags really, really early on in this tenure when Vlatko was playing Taylor Korniak as a six. Taylor Korniak <laughs> has no business being a holding midfielder whatsoever. Oh, she on this team. Built for it. She is not, yeah, she's definitely not my favorite. She's just not. Um, but she just, it, it was just bad. The out of the blue selection of Savannah DeMello 
considering what some of the other options and don't get me wrong she played she played okay she did um you know she played okay the continued start yes the thank you i was just getting there the continued start of andy sullivan in a role that she is very inconsistent and at this level you need some consistency and that should have been julie Ertz. and i understand you were struggling for center backs because you did not want, you were trying to figure out how to replace Becky Sauerbrunn, but you have two fantastic young center backs in Naomi Gurma and Alana Cook that should have been given minutes. Alana Cook sat on the bench the whole time. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and on because this is going, that would go forever. But um, I want to see some new energy breathed into the program. I want to see some new faces that are very deserving of time representing um, the U.S. Um, as much as I adore Pino, I don't think she should have gotten as much time as she did, um, especially over somebody like um, Alyssa Thompson. Um, you need to cultivate that youth because that youth is what's going to continue to push this program forward, and it's going to be the next evolution of whatever this game is going to be because the world is catching up. And if we are not developing our youth, we are going to be so sorely behind and we're going to continue to struggle in major tournaments because we are too busy relying on our veteran players, which we should in some capacity, but not completely, not at the expense of continuing to develop our young players to be able to step into those roles seamlessly. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I mean, I can't wait to see a team where like everyone's healthy. So like a Mallory Pugh, a Sophia that, Smith, yeah. like a bridge, a Mitch Purse. I mean, like you know, like you know, um, we we kind of forgot about uh, Katarina Macario at the same time. It's like we, we you know, and all these all these young talent, you know what? And I really want Olivia Moultrie to be on on the next call up, or at least give it a chance to do that. She's she's been playing. A great role for for the thorns and has become at times a game changer and i think that's something that you need in a sense but like you know just like nubia said it's like you had a sofia huerta that sat really the whole freaking tournament <laughs> i'm like i'm like it's one of your more veteran defenders in a sense or like you know and 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 well, it just and and no options at holding midfielder right real like there were no options at holding midfielder blackco brought up sam coffee who plays for portland several times and gave her very little minutes sam coffee kicks ass she is a fantastic holding midfielder and we saw very little of her i'm just right i'm just gonna continue yeah. and, and and how many times we we, we 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 asked uh them to start mewis and eventually finally <laughs> at one point mewis got time and we saw some some results i think one of the things that you know like i that I take away from the tournament for the U.S. women is, um, you know, it was it was it, it was an awkward moment for a lot of them because it's just you know it, it it's it's an it's a phase it's a phase out of 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 old players or veteran players and in, in a in a and try to mix in between with 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 the newer generation. I think uh, Horan put it greatly that you know like they all know that they're awesome players and they all need to be able to play to their potential. And I think that Sweden game was when they finally were figuring out how to play with each other. Right. And in the positions that they were. And I think if we have the players that are been injured and come back and don't even know if, if, a you know, if a Tobin, Tobin, Heath, Tobin Heath or Kristen Press gets, 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 
gets a call up for that kind of situation, um, depending on what their injuries are are in, in rehab. But I, I think, you know, like you have to really focus on that on the younger, younger core and be able to build one. Um, Gurma had a wonderful World Cup, you know, and probably was one of the most consistent and most valuable players on the U.S. women national team. Um, and Sophia Smith did did what she could. Um, I think, you know, um, let's not forget that Alyssa Thompson also has a sister named Giselle Thompson, who plays for the U-17, I think, at the same time. Um, don't forget Trinity Dropman. I mean, there's so much potential and things to do, but it has to be able to be done in the right way. And I think right now the best thing to do for for um, the Olympics is just make sure that you bring in healthy players and make sure that they try to find some sort of identity. And that's as much as you can do right now because trying to teach them what formation we're going to play, what we're going to do, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's, it's with the limited time that you have, I don't know how much it's, it's going to be. Just figure out what works best for them right now and then just lean on that. If the United States becomes a counter-attacking team, let the United States be- become a counter-attacking team, right? I mean, like, they have the counter-attacking players for that. Just let them just do that. If they want to sit in a 4-5-1, let them sit in a 4-5-1, right? I mean, just 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 do it. So the U.S. needs a calming presence to go out and do well in a tournament. B.J. Callahan, everybody. B.J. Callahan. Uh, all right, MJ, I know you have some thoughts on this as well. So, uh, One, I want to echo Nubia's thoughts on player selection. The fact that Sam Coffey didn't even make this roster is a failure. Um, you want to talk about youth? I, okay. Tiana Davidson center back should have made this squad she had an acl injury she's excused she's only 24 sam coffee's 24 taylor corniak is 24 where the fuck was she jalen howell's 23 um these were all oh my god jalen howell jalen howell is a holding man good lord so all these players that are very good players young players that we can invest in that would benefit from getting some world cup experience did not go. And I just want to echo that, that the Nubius said on that, because I, I look at this roster and who did not make it. And I scratch my head. It's as much of a scratching my head at what players we did play and what positions we played them in. Um, uh, Latko is a player manager. The one thing I agree with on Carly Lloyd is that the player should have less of a voice in picking this next manager. Um, I he's he's very nice. Um, the players all like him. I'm not saying that you need animosity to and harassment to to win a World Cup. I'm saying that you need to have someone that the players respect more than the players like. And uh, I like that he was detail oriented. I like that he's great at PowerPoint presentations and he eat and sleeps tactics. But someone who is how do I want to say this again? Just more respected than nice um, is, is what I'm looking for in the next, and that's the only thing I would agree with on Carly, Carly Lloyd, and that's the only reason why I would bring up her name. I want to end my rant with a rant that Brandy Chastain went on on after the whistle, and this wasn't even after they were out of the tournament. This was after the zero-zero draw versus Portugal. They were going to get second in the group, and Chastain says. We have to be better in every phase of the game. 
we have to be better with the ball. We have to be better in transition. We have to be better in defending as a collective. We have to be better in our mental approach. And we have to be better in just respecting the game for Christ's sakes. This game deserves more than we're giving it. It is a beautiful game. And we've almost bastardized the hell out of it. And I hate to see that. But that's the truth. Well said. All right. Um, yeah. Didn't didn't Brandy though also throw her name as as a possible coach down the road? That's news to me. I yeah. think I think a couple of people threw her name out there. I think she. I'm not sure how seriously I that was. I think but. she's one of the only uh, women in U.S. women who are FIF, uh, like have their lights have their FIFA Pro license. I think or yeah. the um their yeah their their license so. She'd be interesting. I know Laura Harvey is 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 one that has been talked about a bunch. Um, former NWSL. She has already manager. said she has already said she's not interested. Oh, really? In okay, I, I haven't seen that yet. She so, said okay. that her yep. She said that her commitment was to to stay with Seattle. So okay, cool. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about this on our uh, uh, requisite or you know our each individual podcast. Um, I just want to say again, this was a a blast. Nubia it was great to to chat uh, women's soccer with you. You obviously super fucking knowledgeable about this stuff and um you're that was just super awesome to bring um bridget glad to talk with you again on a podcast i know it's been a while and rodrigo uh take it or leave it mj i talked to mj too much so um no but in all seriousness guys this was super awesome thank you so much for all of the the late nights i know we're recording these very late i'm it's almost midnight here in uh, in new york um and you guys are all staying up late as well and, and that's been Unfortunately, with kids and everything, like that's kind of the only times that we can record. So, um, I appreciate everybody, um, me time, you know, giving giving the time to do this, and then everybody who's listening to the podcast who's listening to it. Um, thank you so much for all, all your support. Um, any final words before before we wrap this thing up? Um, I said it all. <laughs> yeah. Do we see you. See you at the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about yeah. Saturday? Let's do it again. How about in, like, Saturday? How about Saturday at noon in at, at the yes. football yes. I, I will not be there this weekend. I, I said I'll still be in New York for a wedding, but I'll be back after that. And yeah, every Saturday at noon, if you want to come uh, talk to Rodrigo and me, for especially about soccer stuff, we'll be there. Um, maybe it's off, comes occasionally. I'm definitely brings cupcakes sometimes, which is awesome. Bridget's there <laughs> also pretty much every almost every weekend as well. So um, yeah. we, just, we just need to get MJ out to, uh, to play some soccer on, on a Saturday. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, come check it out. Uh, Hamilton Midway Football Court every every Saturday at noon. Uh, the Minnesota Football Show is at MN Football Show on Twitter. And then, the, what, Rodrigo, do you remember the Patreons? Patreon.com slash MN Football Show. MN yeah. Football Show. Yeah, check them out. Support them. Uh, you can always find the Daves at TDIKMN on Twitter. MJ. MN Football Show is spelled M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. Yes. The proper way to spell it. The proper way. Um, exactly. Cool. Yeah. And again, thank you everybody for for listening and sticking with us. Um, listen to these very long podcasts. Um, we talk a lot about but some very important stuff, and we have some very knowledgeable people about that stuff. So, all right, that'll do it for the World Cup Women's Edition. Um, Minnesota Football Daves will be back at some point with something. I don't know what. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, I like I like all we'll you people, and I and I like talking uh, soccer with all you. So. Uh, yeah, come check us out at the futsal court, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all hopefully very soon. Get out.